If you're tired of the standard business and marketing fundamentals, frameworks, and funnels, (laughs) you need a little mischief. Get ready to turn up the volume on the CEO Mischief Maker podcast, where you access conversations with seasoned business owners who have smashed through mindset barriers, innovated the standard boring business and marketing playbooks, and executed future-paced strategies with bleeding-edge tools and tactics to micro-fail their way into massive success and growth. We are Mindset Impact Strategic Catalysts, helping innovative entrepreneurs focus. We are CEO Mischief Makers. Ready to make a little mischief? Hey there, CEO Mischief Maker, brand mischief maker, just mischief maker. I hope that's what you're doing. I really hope you're enjoying my conversation with Becky Zingale, and I would love for you to visit her website, wonderfullymebooks.com, because basically this book features a diverse group of children and celebrates each child's unique strengths. All children can see themselves in this story, and I'm sure adults as well, whether they connect with a character's personality, physical appearance, interests, or personal traits themselves. It inspires hope in the reader, and they learn to focus on the positive things about themselves and others. And I really do think we all need that, not just nowadays, but every day in our lives. So please visit wonderfullymebooks.com and see the magic that Becky and her family are imparting into the world. All right. Welcome to the impact and innovation with Becky Zingale. And if you listened on Monday, we spent quite a bit of time talking about mindset because everything that Becky is talking about, and especially the book she wrote, is all about that. So Becky, why don't you start with that? Tell us about the book you wrote and what was the impact that you wanted to make or the impetus, the reason that you wrote this book? First, tell us what it is. Yeah, so I wrote Wonderfully Different, Wonderfully Me, which features a diverse group of children and just really emphasizes the wonderful things about them and who they are and who they can become. And it kind of actually started with buying children's books for my own kids. I bought a bunch of books that we had when I was a kid, like the story of Heidi, because that's a classic. I'm like, I don't even remember what this is about, but I had it when I was a kid. So my kids should probably read it. When I read it to my kids and there's a character who's in a wheelchair and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, so many of my childhood books had characters in a wheelchair. My sister was in a wheelchair. Like, I think this is actually intentional. Like my parents did such a good job normalizing it to us that it was normal and we didn't notice this was intentional. But yeah, I read the story of Heidi to them and the girl, I think her name is Clara, goes and stays with Heidi and just being in the fresh air and sunshine, her body's, you know, rejuvenated and she's able to walk for the first time. And so when her dad came to pick her up, she walks out to meet her dad. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I lived this at youth group when we prayed for my sister and she got up to walk. And then my mom came to pick us up and my sister walked to meet her. So it was super powerful to read that book and be like, I see myself. I see our story. I see our family. I think it's a child reading that book. It probably actually bugged me because my sister was still in a wheelchair. So, but she always believed that she would be healed and that she would walk one day. And I think reading stories like that really inspired her. It made me angry. She was inspired and believed that it was possible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so now you have your child who has special Mm -hmm. needs, your husband who has special needs, and you think about writing this book and the impact that you want to make. What impact were you looking for in the world 
when you wrote this book? What were you thinking? Well, I started with just wanting my daughter to see herself in a book because I did what my mom did and bought books that have hearing aids in them. So she'd read the book and feel like this is normal, but she's a very unique type of hearing aid. And so we'd read these books and she's like, that's not what my hearing aid looks like. You know, they drew it wrong. So I was like, okay. And Dwayne's like, you're a blogger, you know, you write a lot. Why don't you write a book that has a kid who has hearing aids in it? And so I started with writing our story. And then our family was actually featured on the Born Different TV show. I guess they found me on Instagram or whatever. And we're pretty unique. So we had over 1.5 million views. And we're like, oh, like our message resonates with more than just parents of kids who have hearing aids. Like we have the bigger message of mindset and confidence and all those things. So we realized that we wanted not just our own daughter, but all kids who are wonderfully different to be able to see themselves represented in a story. Um, And not just see their differences, but see like the similarities and the things they have in common with other kids. So for each character, like I show a child who's in a wheelchair, but I also talk about how he's really courageous and he likes to build Legos or I don't, I don't even remember who does what I wrote the book and I'm already like, (laughs) I know a whole bunch of characters who do a whole bunch of stuff. They're all based on real people. Cause I was like, how do I pick which kid has which personality and what they like to do? They're all based on real people that we know that I talked to and was like, what does your kid like to do? What words would you use to describe your child? Some of them are one specific kid. Some are a combination of a few kids. But then I use that like your kid likes Legos and this kid likes Legos. Okay. They're going to build Legos together. So really bridging the gap and showing the things they have in common as well. Yeah. And it started with the impact on your daughter. Mm-hmm. And that's someone you see, someone you know, someone you love, you can identify. And a crowd of people, you can pick out the person you are impacting. And now you're looking at this book. And like you said, 1.5 million people seeing your story, you realize it's just not that one person in the crowd. It's 1.5 million of them. Crazy. Yeah. And they're humans and they have faces and they have ears and they have legs and some. They they do have ears. Hopefully. They had to have. My husband doesn't. Yes. Um, Well, he has other ears, just not ones that he was born with. Right. But he hears, right. He has a hearing aid. Yeah. That kind of impact is really much more than just writing it for one child. How did you process that? How have you used that information when you infuse this book with all these characters? So I'm probably still wrapping my mind around the impact because even with all of it, I'm like, I'm just sitting here in my office by myself. Like, it's really surprising, I guess. Like, I think I pre-sold a hundred books and then sold another hundred before Christmas because I got them in November. I'm like, wow, that's like, okay. Like, I don't know. And then people leave like really nice reviews and are really excited. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's surprising. But when you're writing, writing is one of the most solitary exercises right? It is really just you by yourself writing something. You might interview people. Like you said, you talk to parents and ask, how do you describe your child? But when you put this together, you had to sit by yourself and it's a solitary thing. I tried to have my husband help me like, you know, (laughs) because putting the characters in a certain order. So this character, and then they interact with this character, with this character. And like, can you brainstorm this with me? And he's like, no, (laughs) I did actually have one friend who like sat down with me and really helped a lot just sorting it all out and letting me brainstorm. Like, I feel like I need an assistant writer. Yeah. Like a second brain. Exactly. And that's very common, right? I mean, definitely we who write, we talk about our characters. Mm -hmm. We talk about the book. We talk about the ideas, the story, the arc of the story, you know, the adventure they're going to go on, the transformations they go on, but really the actual writing of it 
to get it out of your brain as to what you think it needs to be, even if you've talked about it, to actually mm-hmm. on paper or on the computer, however you did it, it's a yeah. solitary thing. I don't know. Did you feel this? When I was writing my book, it really almost felt like I was birthing a baby. It really felt like I was giving birth to this story and letting it out into the world to do whatever it was going to do. And that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard for me. Some degree, like pregnancy, you're like, I'm tired. Like I'm growing a baby, but it's really not a whole lot of work. But yeah, then you birth the baby and then you got to like keep the baby alive and stuff. Then then it's work. (laughs) That's the thing. You're like, I wrote the book. I'm done. You're like, oh, now I got to market the book and sell the book. Oh, does it ever end? It never ends. Never ends. It never ends. That's it. So you understand. So that's yeah. it. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. That it really yep. is. It's like, yeah, and it's, it's like, like, you're going to write another book. I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm still <laughs> trying to sell this book. Like I can't multitask <laughs> like that. I'm not ready for a second kid. <laughs> a third yeah, kid. Exactly. Good ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with that, I mean, think about, especially with that transformation idea, talk to me about the significance of butterflies in this book. Yeah. So I just, I've always really liked butterflies because, you know, they're caterpillars and they're kind of, I mean, maybe they're ugly. I don't know. I don't like bugs, so I'm not going to touch a caterpillar, but then they turn into a butterfly, which is beautiful. And they can fly and rise above the earth, the circumstances, see the world from a different perspective and stuff. So just always felt like it's a really powerful image of transformation. And so what transformation are you trying to help children, especially make? I through the characters of this book, probably to focus on the positive things about themselves and to see life from a more positive angle. Like, it's not like, cause I say like, Oh, like the boy who's in the wheelchair. It's like, my arms are strong to make my wheels roll fast. I'm not saying like I am stuck in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> Just like focusing on the positive things, the abilities they do have. And then every kid makes an, I am statement and says, I am brave. I am courageous. I am strong. And I really just wanted, you know, the reader to be able to read those statements over themselves. I think every kid says two. So there's like 20 or something in the book. And I let my kids choose their own because my kids are in the book. Yeah. My creative older daughter is like, I am imaginative. And I had to go look and see if that was a real word. <laughs> like, okay, I was going to say creative, but way to take it up a notch and be yourself. Yes. yes. Amazing. And that's the power right? That's the power of their own transformation. I love that. I so love it. So impact, I mean, obviously I can see very clearly who you're impacting in this world. Mm -hmm. And I love how you've articulated how you are helping people really transform into helping children. We haven't even talked about adults. I mean, obviously we adults come to a situation with our own baggage and our own Mm -hmm. stuff and, and our own set routines and things that we think are right and wrong and all that. And so how do you think, if you think, I don't know if you've even thought about this, but how do you think your book might help transform adults who are looking at children with disabilities and be able to see them differently? I think probably similarly to how children seeing each other, just be like, oh, hey, this is a normal kid. Like on the inside, they're just like everybody else. You know, they might not have a leg or whatever, but they still want to play and have fun and do all the same things that other kids want to do. And, you know, we can talk to them and relate to them the same way you would any other child. I mean, I guess, depending on the severity of their disability and things like that, it could make a difference, but yeah, still just like treat them like they're a human, they're a person, just like everybody else. I mean, I love children's books. I have some books that I will probably keep for forever because I need to read them. And they are so simple. And same as like my book, like, I love my book. 
if you don't have kids, that's okay. You can still read it and you can read, I am strong. I am brave. I am courageous. Like we all, you know, need those reminders. Absolutely. One of my favorite movies of all time is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Not the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. I'm talking the original one. Okay. (laughs) The original one, Gene Wilder. I mean, I grew up with that book and that movie and uh, it's a children's movie and I will watch it. I don't care how old I am. It is a movie that impacted me greatly. I know the sayings. We are the music makers. We are the dreamers of the dreams. I know everything in it because it's not just for children. It's, it's a lifelong lesson. And it's simple. (laughs) Like it's easy to wrap your mind around it. We do not have to overcomplicate this. That's right. And another one is Dr. Seuss's, Oh, the places you'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one I of my favorite love, books. right? It's Just in their bedroom. We have the plaque on the wall. It's amazing. It's one of the books. And there are certain children's books that we read to the kids that I will keep forever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are boxed away or they're in our bookshelf. One of the two, depending they're on, on the shelf. It. Yeah. Well, mine are 20 and 23. So, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're going to do oh, their yeah. own thing. I mean, I have I, a couple I'm, on my shelf that are like, you can't ruin this book, but I mean, I guess it. If, exactly. you ruin it, if you read it so much that you ruin it, that's fine. I'll just buy another one. It's okay. You know what? There was one that we did. We read so much that we absolutely mm-hmm. destroyed. It's Dr. Seuss's The Sleep Book. And mm-hmm. it is, oh my goodness. I remember, I mean, even the kids tell me we say passages from that book and instantly know what we're talking about. I will yeah. say hardcover books. Because we started out with some paperback books and my girls would literally sleep with stacks of books in their bed because they read in their sleep. I don't know. They love their books so much. We had to to replace some of our favorite books with hardcover ones that are going to last longer. So when you're buying my book, you should buy the hardcover. Hardcover. Yeah. I was like, we have to have hardcover. Yes. Because you know, the experience we did that. Then that was the sleep book. The sleep book was a hardcover book and it was destroyed because we read it it so many Probably lasted longer. It lasted much longer. I bought paperback and then I had to replace them with hardcover and then they replaced hardcover again. But yes, we replaced it with another hardcover. Yeah. And I love how much they love their books. I know. And now, you know, even older, I've got to say one of my absolute all-time favorite books, and this was I read as an adult. I didn't read it to my kids. I read it for myself, was the Harry Potter series. I am an absolute Potter fanatic freak, fanatic, whatever you want to call me, fan, I don't know. But I originally bought the first three books because my son was, I think, maybe three years old, four years old, something like that. And I'm like, I'm probably going to have to read this or he's going to probably want to read this Mm -hmm. sometime in the future. So I want to be able to read it and make sure it's okay and that I want him to read it. And so I got it and I couldn't put it down. So whatever. (laughs) Then it was like, I don't care if he reads it or not. I'm reading it. (laughs) Yeah. We have girls. So it's the Little House series. But yeah, my eight-year-old I think she literally learned how to read. And the next birthday, she spent her money to buy the box set for herself. And then all the other books around it, which I was trying to stay ahead of her reading the book. So I know what she's reading. And I'm like, I can't, I give up. Can't, you know, she'll be like, what's your favorite chapter in little house in the big woods. And what's your favorite story? Like she wants to sit and have like deep discussions with me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I I did that books and read all the books. My son, my youngest did the same thing. He read uh-huh. that first book. He read all the Little House series and we had to talk about it because I, yeah. I remember, of course, I'm dating myself with these things, which I absolutely don't care. I remember Little House on the Prairie on TV when yeah, it was so we have, actually we, we watched that too. Yeah. Yes. You have to. And, and, it's and so, so fun I to read with your kids and discussion. oh my gosh. 
And we had so many discussions about the Little House series and what they had to do on the prairie. And Mm -hmm. can you believe it? And then my husband's great grandfather and great grandmother came over from Norway and settled in North Dakota. And so they, we have recordings of his great grandmother talking about being here in the early 1900s in covered wagons, you know, on the prairie, it's snowing, you know, Native Americans the whole situation. And she's like, oh no, the Native Americans were great. We had no issues with them. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So, you know, so he identified, my son identified Mm -hmm. in the Little House series with his ancestors because he knew about those things. And he had, uh, my in-laws have all the history and and all the stuff. So it's very powerful when you can bring a story to life that a child Mm -hmm. understands and can identify with. So ultimately, that's how you impacted people, right? To allow them to identify with the characters in the book. Yeah. And even kids who don't have special needs still are like, hey, I like Legos. I'm confident. You know, they can see themselves or, you know, I have the same hair color as that kid or whatever. Yes. Fantastic. I love the impact you're making with these books. I know this one, and then you'll, I'm sure, do more. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hold on. If your mindset was shifted you were inspired to innovate, and you were spurred into action, don't just move on with your day. Focus, my friend, and take a few minutes to visit ceomischiefmaker.com to learn more about the value that was shared with you today. Please act now and create some CEO mischief of your own. 